Hello, darlings, and welcome once again to the Horror Motel. What's that sound in the distance? Yes, it is the jingling of bells. What's that crunch underfoot? Yes, it's snow. It's that time of year. It's not holiday season. It is nearly Christmas. And here we go with the Christmas special of the Horror Motel. But I know what warms my cookie dough every time talking to her. Honestly, she can slide into my oven any day of the week, let alone at Christmas. The wonderful... I don't know where this is coming from. The amazing Alison June Smith. <laughs> I warm your cookie dough. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Uh, that's great, though. <laughs> I've cooked this cookie dough. I've just Yay. warmed it. I haven't cooked warmed it. it. I, I can't give good. myself that much credit. I'm only a warmer. Uh, a fluffer, <laughs> <laughs> if you will, if it you takes will. Quite a lot to get the oven going nowadays, darling. <laughs> <laughs> Merry um, Christmas! <laughs> Merry Christmas! Know, this will be going out in mid-December, so hopefully people will be in the Christmas spirit by this time. Um, yeah. So we're going to take a little break over the Christmas period because you're away in Canada and I'm in pantomime land, and it would just be quite a nightmare trying to oh. get together uh, to, yeah. to record during that period. So, and also people away with their families. I don't know if I, I have to say last year because I wasn't doing a Christmas show; I was just having a normal life and doing gigs. I think I actually was quite missing people did not doing podcasts over Christmas, but most people will be away frantically wrapping presents and buying things and. Trying to figure out if they really love the person two doors down to actually buy them a present. I don't know. Um, uh, so, so hopefully uh, both our Christmases will be um, lovely, I'm sure, in a kind of crazy way like most of our lives are. Will you be gigging when you're away in Canada, do you think? Yeah, I have. Um, so I'm there for about four weekends and I booked three weekends of work, Perfect. not the Christmas weekend. You know, so right. yeah, just... Uh, I am C1 Club uh, in Calgary. Then I'm Ooh. doing a couple of corporates in Edmonton. And then I am, what's the last thing I'm doing? Um, oh, and then I'm going to Winnipeg. So these oh. are all in Canada, Alberta, yes, yes. Edmonton, Calgary. And then yeah. Winnipeg is in Manitoba. So, yeah, it should be fun. A nice a nice little, yeah, it'll be fun. While I'm away. Although it is family that I'm going for, and I'm very excited to be there. Uh, so yeah, it should be. Uh, it's gonna be good. It's gonna it's, be good. Your life is about to become yeah, insane with Panto, and I'm yeah. jealous. To be honest with you, I am jealous. Well, I always describe it like it's not so much getting on a roller coaster; it's like accidentally walking past a roller coaster and one of your buttons getting caught on the roller coaster, and you get dragged off into the distance. It's like it's yeah. like going from naught to sixty very quickly. Uh, in a glorious way. I mean, I've done many years of doing this. I've made a made a. a I have. I suppose two careers. I'm trying to amalgamate the two careers of pantomime and bunny galore, and because they've been two separate beasts, quite literally monsters, for uh, for quite a long time. But I'm trying to amalgamate it by play by being going under the name of bunny galore in Sleeping Beauty. So it will be uh, good. Strangely, I'm not playing Beauty. I thought that was rude. Um, <laughs> I was it is very for... rude and miscast, <laughs> and they will be getting a strongly worded letter from me. <laughs> A strongly worded letter. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You're an idiot. <laughs> uh, so um, they'd be great fun, I think. And everyone's very lovely. And everyone's very, what's quite nice about this one, I purposely thought to, to do one that's uh, not a huge monster of one. Because I've discovered, I think, over the years that sometimes, I've done 
some of the biggest in the UK and they're great fun, but they also are absolutely shattering. Not just so much because of the show, but because of the city you're in. So if I, Birmingham was great fun, what was it, 10, 11 years ago? Incredible show that I did there. Amazing. It was like a you know, massive, like a London Palladium thing. But Birmingham isn't the most relaxing of places. <laughs> nor is Manchester. Yeah. Nor is London. You know, it's kind no. of, it's no. not the most re- relaxing of things. So I think this, I think I'd, I wanted to be somewhere where it's a bit more chilled and not as frantic as some of those places can be because it's great fun. But if you wanted to go out after the show, it's like, oh my God, life in your own hands type yeah. of thing of, of insanity. Yeah. Not dangerous, just mad, just mad. So I thought, need to be somewhere that's a little bit more calmer this year. We last words. <laughs> Obviously. See, I, I think it's lovely though with Panto. Like Panto's part of the season. As a comedian, I got to tell you, this mm. is. This is the dreaded time of year for is us, it? Bunny. This is think? like, oh, yes, because mm. here's what happens. This is Christmas shows, especially these corporate ones I'm about to do. Oh, yeah. uh, P.S. If there are any possible listeners that are, are going to be there, I'm so grateful. Thank you for coming. It's going to be great. <laughs> but this is the reality of a Christmas corporate <laughs> show. Businesses, so businesses will just buy tables of like, 10 to 30, depending on how many employees they have. We basically show up in a big, like one of those banquet halls. Yes. So it's a bunch of different companies, one big banquet hall, and then I have to do non-offensive comedy for 45 minutes. Okay. What's that like? So <laughs> it, it's, it can I, be not, I don't dull. do offensive it comedy can... myself, but if you tell me yeah. to do non-offensive yeah. comedy... I will suddenly. It's all you can think about. And I never swear on camera or on stage very rarely. Um, Unless you you ask for it. But as soon as you tell me not to, that's when I'm going to do it. (laughs) It's like, great. I think when they say corporate, they really mean like, don't do a lot of sex stuff. Although, I mean, that being said, I've watched people. And that's the thing. It's also like, read the room, see what the people want. So you're like, and it's people who don't necessarily love comedy. Like, these are people who have been Mm. dragged to it from their company. So they're like, this is the third thing they've done that day, right? They had Secret Santa, then they went out for drinks somewhere. Oh, now God. they're at the comedy show having a Christmas buffet and a comp yeah. like it's the last thing most of it. so you yeah. just go up and it's so funny. I remember every season it's like going to war, right? So like <laughs> comedians will be backstage and we're like, It's okay, it's okay, like don't worry, don't don't let them get to you. Like, you know, a lot of them aren't here for us. <laughs> leave your ego at the door. And I remember one Christmas yes. I was working with a brilliant comedian. Paul McCaffrey. And I'm like, oh, Christmas shows. Here we go. You know, we were in Birmingham, funny enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, we're like, all right, all right, here we go. Get ready. And I said, and he goes, I did the same speech. He goes, I looked at everyone in the room and just went, you know what? Just leave your ego at the door. Remember, this isn't about us. This is the yes, Christmas that's season. That's a very good he way goes, of and I, Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He goes, and I walked out on stage. And with three seconds, some guy went, nice shirt. And he's like, I just erupted. You're a piece of blah, 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 just like it. And I was like, within three seconds, he went from just keep, nice shirt. I'll show you a nice shirt. You just do it like it was like instant. Yeah, it's just so combative. <laughs> within three seconds. Oh, Don't worry my about God. it, guys. Just leave your, I'm going to kill you. Like it was. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I do know that feeling. So, um, yeah. I, that, I, yeah. I always try to remember it's it's about the audience. I try to remember that most mm-hmm. of the time. Mm-hmm. But then mm-hmm. as soon as you go you try to be, you know, it's generous. You know, whether I have uh, drag brunches, I've done those over Christmas. And like, I try to think, I've got, oh, yeah. generally, <laughs> generally I don't do Christmas gigs per se. Although last year I'm still trying to remember. I, I, I still don't know how this happened, I should say. 
and ended up hosting at the International Horse Show in December at the Excel Center. That uh, was horse show, everyone. Horse show. That was horse, horse show. show. <laughs> and I, I can't quite. It did I, sound I like knew, a horse show. <laughs> I was asked by a director that I worked with before, and I thought that was partly the reason why. And maybe because I was a, you know, I'm a pantomime dame, uh, and I'm also a drag queen. Not many people do both. Uh, I'd also just done the, the ITV show, so it was kind of maybe it was to do with that. No one mentioned it, so I was a bit like, oh, okay. Um, but the fact that it was a horse show, I, and I thought I was hosting the cabaret afterwards. I thought I was in going to be in a nightclub situation, kind of hosting karaoke or something like that, or something. I don't know what I was doing. Not uh, in and amongst the cantering. You didn't imagine yet. yourself no, in that. No, no. And the, it was when they said, so we've got these two boy dancers to escort you to the centre of the arena, which, by the way, is sand, um, which is fun in heels. Luckily, I'd worn quite... St- not very big heels and I was like thank god I wouldn't be but it looks amazing but like you can see me walk to the center of the ring it takes about 45 minutes to get to the center of this ring <laughs> with this overture playing and I was just like this is insanity and because they did uh, the I think the organizers perhaps realized something was wrong and they they had a host that was a proper you know uh sports tv presenter and sure sure she, and she was there doing stuff and she's like do you do you know much about horses I went no and said, so, are you okay to be around horses? Well, not really. Um, they're not that keen on it. Um, but it, by that, I think they make going up with a microphone to, you know, the rider and going, hi, what, what are you wearing? Um, so yeah. they just kept me on the sidelines and threw to me every so often. I was the most bemused I've ever been. I thought, do you think I'm somebody else? Just, do you, have you booked the wrong person? Do you, th- do you think I was Gemma Collins? What, what do you think? Uh I was so confused. But the footage looks amazing, and I'm really grateful for the experience. I had a whale of a time doing it, but I never felt more confused why I, why I was somewhere. Like, I just didn't how understand. How did I get this book? All right. I guess they wanted yeah, someone I... glamorous and Christmassy. I, I guess that must have been it, but it was the strangest <laughs> And I've done a lot of strange gigs. I've done a lot of strange gigs this year, in the last year. I feel like in the last year, I think that's got stranger, if anything else. I feel like I've been so many yeah. weird places where you're like, why, why am I here? Um, yes. I like very. that, though. Don't you like that? Look, I like doing bizarre life. I do. Like, I just yeah. did. Um, so I was opening for Jen Brister, an amazing yes. comedian. Uh, her yes. tour. The Optimist has just closed. It was phenomenal, and everyone or finished. Mm. But we did the uh, Royal Exchange Theater in Manchester, which is a yes. theater in the round. Yeah, that's so I did comedy. stand-up comedy mm. in the round. It, that was a very different. Wow, you know, I did. I did find myself like slowly just so turning. Yeah, speaking. Yeah. Literally turning, yeah, and then deliver a punchline to one side of the room, deliver a punchline to another side of the room, deliver a punchline behind me. Like it was like every punchline I delivered, like it was like going around a clock, one yeah. o'clock, two o'clock, like it just That's to like really hard give everyone. So I've just was been different. to see Cabaret, you know, the, the Kit Kat Club Cabaret at um, what was the Playhouse Theatre by Chang Cross, and I didn't realize that, that was going to be so in the round. Um, it's quite exposing, and they've kind of rebuilt the theatre. So it was a, was a cross arch, as in it was a theatre, normal theatre with a you know with an arch. You know, you kind of and the audience is one way. Uh, now they've kind of got them in the in the middle, and they've built a second 
uh, stalls and dress circle, mini dress circle on where at the, what would have been the back of the stage or the backstage. So it's the, the literally is in the round. And I, I, only for the first 20 minutes, I felt like it was a bit like a doll on a music box. They were all kind of turning like, then it got it settled down a bit. Uh, but yeah, it, it, yeah. I did feel like for the first few numbers, it was a little bit like they were spinning around and they had revolve as well. So, um, but it is strange. I don't like that myself. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm not sure I like it. Uh, been around that much, especially for something like that. I felt a little exposed. Mm. A little exposed. Yes, it's very you know? exposing. I like yeah. I like people looking at my front side, not my back side. Can I? I'll openly yes, say that. Yes, and again, <laughs> like like, yeah, 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 yeah. That excel. I know what's excel coming excel. at me. If you're all yeah. on the front side, I don't know what's going on behind me. Yeah. Did, did I tell you yeah. about the? Um, and I'm sure I haven't told you about this. I ended up going back to Guildford, where I went to drama school. Did I tell you about this? Yes. Yeah, it, yeah. Did I just say, well, maybe I didn't say it on the podcast, I can't remember, but it was. I don't think you said it on the podcast, though. No, it's, I ended up going, uh, last minute gig, basically, doing bingo. And it was only when uh, it was uh, another artist called That Girl, that's why her name is That Girl, um, is, uh, she's very fabulous. I love her very much. She's a great singer, very funny, very, you know, we work really well together. But we'd done it before. And I was like, yeah, sure, that's a great fun. I love working with you. That'd be lovely. But I've suddenly realized when she sent me the address, this was the pub where I used to work at drama school as washing up a couple of nights a week after oh. college. And uh, I had not been back in 30 years. Um, so uh, it was very bizarre to go back. And the building had changed a lot anyway. I think they just had more renovations done. And it had reopened about four days before we got there, which is why we only had, we asked for two microphones, there's only one. And you could either have music or you could have the microphones. So it was like, uh, well, we can't, we, <laughs> We're just gonna, we have can't sing now, so we'll just have the music slightly on in the background, so it's not like like a funeral home, and we'll just yell. So we just end up yelling uh, at, at the audience. Uh, luckily, but it was a bit yeah. like I, I, of all times it happened in this venue as well because I, I initially was really excited. Oh my god, it's like some existential thing where I'm like going back to where I, you know, I was thirty years ago, and instead it was an absolute one of those right. Okay, forget that. Uh, this is like going in to the trenches uh, and I could see uh, that girl getting a bit more wound up like because she'd asked for so many things and they just hadn't happened I was like right okay we're two theatre gals we're going this is think of this as a charity like mindset this is a charity show in a care home as in that level of spelling and when that does I'm not saying they're ancient audience yeah they they're actually very fun we had to pull quite a few people in as well because they were it was a big building they were scattered everywhere um, but that level of uh, clarity and uh, control, but without having yeah. a microphone. To, you know, you know the power is in the microphone because you can always top somebody. But we'll just have to do it like that, and it worked actually. Somehow it worked beautifully, but only with us two doing it. I think anybody else doing it, that gig would have fallen apart. Uh, most people yeah. I've spoken to since have said no. I would have walked out. That, that's that, that, I would that's have left. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If it was probably London, I probably would have done the same thing. Uh, but because it, because yeah. it was like you know this thing, how strange though. One to go back and to go back, but it just goes to show the difference. I was like, oh, that would have been, that would have been a mess if I tried to do that back then. It is thirty years ago, but it's uh, but it feels like five minutes ago sometimes. So yes, there we go. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry There's, Christmas, everyone. Uh, tales of gigs, uh, of horror stories of gigs. <laughs> horror stories of our own. Uh, now, talking right. of horror but stories. You have brought it. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. There we go. Um, because actually, this is probably just as well, because what we're going to talk about is only half an hour long, so we need to, to sort of uh, eulogize slightly <laughs> before we go into this. Um, 
So when you mentioned the film, uh, one of the Grampus movies, I was like, oh, you know what I really fancy doing is a particular episode uh, of this TV show. So the, the, the show I'm bringing to the Horror Motel this week is Inside Number 9, which is an amazing new anthology series. I say new, it's been going for 10 years already, if not more. Yeah. Um, uh, by Steve Pemberton and Reese Shearsmith, who are uh, two-thirds of the League of Gentlemen, or, you know, or half of the League of Gentlemen, if you, if you count the writer that's off-screen. So Mark Gatiss being the other third of the on-screen uh, League of Gentlemen. Uh, Reese and Steve then go on to uh, create uh, Psychoville, which is more of a... Uh, it did two seasons, I think. Uh, that was much more a bit similar to... Kind of sketchy, but it kind of has a big plot over over bearing plot sort of thing. Uh, she probably has more of a ongoing plot than the other things. But they they realised I think they'd done one episode of Psychoville where they wanted to do uh, they they just did like a cheap episode, which is like kind of a small cast and it's a bit like a little play. And they went, oh, enjoy doing that. Why not? Why not do a series? So they did. They created Inside Number Nine. So it's a bit like Tales of the Unexpected. Uh, Black Mirror, yeah. actually, but Black Mirror came afterwards, I think, where it's it's uh, it's going back to these uh, like episodic uh, things where every episode's Twilight different. Twilight Zone, shall we Twilight say? Zone, yes, Even Twilight Zone, yes. Tales of the Crypt, that's yep. the other one, isn't yep. it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yes, exactly like that. So it's where it's a, it, the, the difference with this is that Reese and Steve are in each episode playing different characters, but it's like, Everybody else changed. The rest of the actors changed, but they're they're playing the same thing. Yes, uh, which so, I love. I love oh, PS. I think that's so nice because oh yeah. it gives so many people work. And yes. this is the big biggest thing I find in the UK is that there's more opportunities for actors because they do it that way. Shorter series, yeah. more people being used. Anyway, didn't mean to cut you off, but yes. I love no, it. Go no, on. That is, yeah, that is yeah. why. Yeah, I think it's great, isn't it? Um, and. Oh, a bit like, I suppose it's like American Horror Story as well, that they have the same cast come back each year that play different characters. It's a bit like that, but this is every episode's different. Every uh, episode, yeah. So, uh, there's so many gems. There's, there's so many, but particularly this one is my favourite for two reasons, because it's kind of referencing also that genre of TV show where it was um, a different story every week. So uh, it, this episode is called... the 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 devil of christmas i must remember to say that properly uh and the uh, it is satirizing not even satirizing homaging something like uh tales of the unexpected and there's a tv show called thriller as well uh not so much the hammer house of horror tv show which was shot on film uh in the 70s but this uh tales of the unexpected and uh, uh, thriller is very videotape so what they're doing is they've sh- this is a episode of that type of a show. So it's like you're seeing the recording of a TV show from 1977 and you're kind of seeing the this plot play out, but you're also seeing behind the scenes a little bit uh, and you're also hearing a, a commentary, like a DVD commentary. So it's like watching a 1970s yeah. Doctor Who, but with the commentary of the director on top. Uh, the, uh, the person that is the director is Derek Jacobi, uh, uh, and the the plot generally revolves around a character. Uh, there's a uh, it's set in 1977. Uh, uh, Julian uh, and his son Toby and his pregnant wife Kathy and their mother uh, Callie uh, uh, Cecily. Sorry, not Callie. Uh, Cecily are spending Christmas in a lodge in Austria. Uh, there's a 
there's a creepy uh, housekeeper guy that tells him about the legend of the Krampus, who is like the Antichrist version of Santa Claus. And he's supposed to uh, uh, make sure children are good, but literally, if they're bad, uh, he will it will take them away. And you know, <laughs> literally like the Pied Piper. Uh, so it's a it's a, 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 a European legend. On the first night, he will leave twigs in your shoes, uh, and if you carry on being naughty, he will take you away. On uh, the second night, he will scratch you. I think on the third night, he will take you away. So that's the, the yeah. plot of the the TV episode that you're seeing being filmed, and you've got Derek Jacoby doing the voice of the guy. Oh, uh, did you see there? He she actually fluffed that line because she, you know her eyesight's going. She overshot her mark, which I loved. So I clever. loved that. So you've got that yeah. layer. And then you've got the extra layer of uh, it's been filmed on 1970s, 80s cameras. So it really yeah. looks like videotape 70s. It's just genius. Uh, there's about Ooh. 300 shots, I think, on the. Because obviously, if you do it single camera, so if you, if you shoot, so in the, those days, TV was shot like theatre. So it's a three walled set, like a theatre set, and you've got multiple cameras pointing yeah. at the set. Uh, they still make uh, soap opera like that, EastEnders and Doctors, and but uh, most drama nowadays is shot to make it looks like a movie, and that kind of happened around the time of uh, Twin Peaks and uh, X Files, where it became more movie orientated in the nineties. So that's great for um, for drama. I think it makes it more filming. I think for comedy, it's a bit harder. I've just been watching a show called uh, Two Doors Down, which is. Probably originally it would be like Mrs. Brown Boys, where it would be a, a three-wall set and a live studio audience. But now they sh- they've shot uh, Two Doors Down single camera, which is lovely. But oh. then I think some of the energy with comedy, you lose the energy because you've, you're not doing it. You're not going by the actor's rhythm. You're going by the, yeah. the rhythm of the edit and the director, which can sometimes work. So the glorious thing about seeing drama filmed like a three-wall set, like a comedy is uh, that you get the energy of the actors. So they even pick up on that in some scenes because the actress uh, playing, um, oh my God, Jenny uh, Ray. The young wife. From yeah. um, uh, Call the Midwife. She's called the, uh, She plays Verity Lambert in the Doctor Who movie that Mark Gatiss wrote, funny enough, which is about the the, beginning, the origins of Doctor Who called Adventures in Space and Time. So, uh, And she's, uh, I, I, weirdly, when I first saw it, I didn't realise it was her. The first time I saw this in 2016, when oh. did not re- did not clock it was her because she's kind of, I think you probably, oh, she looks vaguely familiar because she's always brunette normally. And she's kind of, they're all wigged and the wigs are quite heavy. And oh. the, the tension to detail with wigs and makeup uh, to, to look different, look okay on videotape cameras, I think is genius. Uh, but as always with uh, Inside Number Nine, uh, is, is there's always a twist, and I won't say the twist now, but we might do it at the end as a, an extra spoiler. But because the twist is just delicious, and so you've got a it's lot going on. Unbelievable! Yes. And I was so yeah. shocked. This and the the live episode they did, which I think we maybe we'll come back and we maybe we'll do the live episode at some point. The um, because that was just genius. The uh, live live episode. Um, we'll come back to that another time, I think. But I mean, obviously, every episode is brilliant on, on in this show. Yeah. But, uh, this one is one of my favourites because I didn't see it coming whatsoever, and it's it twists everything on its head. But just from a a point of view of television, I'm such a fan of TV, how TV's made. I've always just been interested in that side of things. I think yeah. that's what Doctor Doctor Who fans tend to 
fall in love with because you're very aware of how it's been made I think the man you want to know more about and that's why so many people go into the industry yeah. from like loving the show as a kid because you kind of get interested in whether it be writing or directing or or acting or, or, or being on camera or whatever yeah. you're very aware how things uh sort of uh how that tv was made at the time and preserved and the well look at even um I, this is a side thought but like uh michael jackson's the making of thriller mm. i actually watched the michael jackson's making of the video thriller more than i ever watched the video really? because i found the whole process so fascinating wow. and yeah, 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 it's, it's funny, great... isn't it? The kind of the yeah. magic that it kind of makes. It's so strange, isn't it? Yeah, um, yeah. So you had you seen it before, Alison? Okay, so no. I had seen other number nine Christmas specials, mm-hmm. um, but this was an earlier one. And look, I don't want to start controversy or a fight, but I am, look, I've always loved Inside Number Nine, but I think the earlier stuff I liked because it, it was a bit darker. A bit more creepy. Yes. I find as time goes on, it's been a bit more story, which is lovely. Yeah. But for me, I like shock. I like creep. I like yeah. dark. And so I'd never seen this one. Right. And I started watching it. And I was like, oh, I loved the the stagey, like you said, the mm. theatrical feel of it. Right. As a, as a drama kid at heart, I was like, oh, my God, it's staged like a theater play. You know, yeah. you could see. And then when the voiceover comes in and he's like, she missed her mark. You can see this. You can see the." Ch-. And I was like, oh, my God, this is so fun. And I was so in love with the feel of it. And you're like, oh, the story and it's going on. And then. When the ending occurs, it's it, such a shock, isn't it? Such a shock. To um, me, it is one of the best bait and switches. Yeah. And I think because it's so theatrical and so campy and lovely and theat, you know, like yes. I mean, it's that, like you said, Rula that- Lenska in there. Rula Lenska is like, you know, if you want to sum up the 70s TV, you have Lisa Goddard and you have Rula Lenska. And to have her there, yeah. uh, so playing, well, she's much older now, but we're still looking fabulous as the mother. Oh. Uh, uh, is, uh, and the I costumes think- and the, yes. and the, like all the, like you said, the attention to detail, like an actual stage production. Yes. I just kept getting stage production vibe more mm. than anything, right? So it, it, I was like just loving it, and and um, so no, I had not seen it. Oh, and I, I actually mentioned to to Danny, my fella, I was like, oh, we're gonna do this one for the horror motel, and he was like, that is probably like if not the best episode one and i was like yeah. i can't believe i've never seen this he's like i can't believe you've never seen it no it was, um, it was earlier on that i realized i didn't realize it's the beginning of season three so i guess it was probably a yeah. christmas special and then they went into season three um a bit yeah. later uh i thought it was much much later than that but i think you just realize how much the classic stuff uh like the sheridan smith one is much earlier than you realize i think it, it's, yeah. it's not as They've done so much. I think they probably had a gap over pandemic as well, which probably, uh, and they've come back the last, and then they're just filming the last series, or they've just finished filming the last series now. The final uh, series, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, uh, did you know you mentioned Derek Derek Jacoby? Uh, yes, Jacoby. Yes. Yeah. Sorry, I said it wrong. Jacoby. Um, that's a Canadian saying. It. Jacoby. Is it? Buddy. Oh. Uh, Derek Jacoby uh, mm. is the only actor. I don't know if you know this or not to be credited twice in the series. Only actor Ooh. out of all of them because he was just in voiceover, isn't it? Yeah, voice of the director of the Devil of Christmas, and then was the terminal uh, barrister Webster in the How Do You oh, Clean? Yes, the one with the, the barrister Webster. Yeah, 
Yeah. yeah. Is it the lift? Yeah. yeah. Uh, the the, the, the yeah. devil, isn't it? Um, and they deemed that it was acceptable to have him back a second time because that's exactly what you said. It was yeah. just a voiceover the first well, time. To, so they're I like, yeah. say, I didn't realise it was Derek Jacobi until I looked it up this t- to, to do the... Because you thought it was recently. Derek Jacoby. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Why? Uh, <laughs> no, I didn't realise Derek Jacobi. It's one of those... Uh, I mean, I think it sounded familiar, but... Uh, because he so he plays the master on the revival of Doctor Who then was he he was kind of in uh, suppressed to be a human and then he it was where they had the plot line with him a David Tennant Doctor where they had this watch where you could become human and not remember being a Time Lord and and they they beat Doctor he's a he's a friendly friendly professor and probably the greatest cliffhanger well it wasn't it felt like the cliffhanger but it was just before the cliffhanger reveal in revival if not the main series the whole series has was so they'd done a story a few weeks beforehand where the, the doctor had become human to hide from some you know uh, kind of bounty not bounty hunters but aliens that were after him um yeah and then he, he, so you just presumed he was a kindly professor at the end of the world and the universe helping these people to escape this dying planet and then he suddenly goes oh professor what's that <laughs> fob watch that you have i don't know click open woof you know gold light and he suddenly becomes this is the this is the power of derek jacobi he goes from being this kindly professor to being this full-on shark-eyed evil uh master uh, which is the if you don't know doctor who it's kind of the uh the the bad time lord the moriarty to his sherlock holmes and um he was so good at that but he does do come back and voice other things as well uh, and voice uh, the the master on the audio ventures, but he's got one of those voices where if I where I I always go, oh, I kind of know your voice, but I don't know it that well. Isn't that strange? Yeah. It's about him as an actor on screen is very very obvious. It's Derek Jacobi, but it. So I think that's why I didn't recognise his voice. But he can also he can just be um, casually sardonic quite well it's not like oh yeah it sounds he sounds quite normal and then he can just have these moments of real sort of chilling which i think he does on this particularly so let's let's put a big spoiler alert here klaxon clang and to say so if you haven't seen the devil of christmas it's only half an hour long it's on bbc iplayer go and watch it quickly now while we uh, and and, right you've gone you come back okay we give you a minute (laughs) go away yeah so yeah. the big twist in this one, it, there are always great twists on Inside Number Nine, but uh, at the end of the episode, it's shown that uh, the the wife who is pregnant has uh, in, in the plot of the of the TV episode has uh, uh, sort of got together with the uh, not the landlord, the caretaker. Yeah, and to scare her husband to death, he's dressed up as the Krampus, and it's like, oh, ha ha, we've, we managed to. I'm she gonna... dumps out his medication, so because he's got a weak yes. heart, you know, it's the stereotypical young wife yes. killing the old husband. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So you think that's the end of the show, and the 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 uh, Rudolph has taken the son away in a previous scene, so they're just left by themselves, and you think, okay, so you're watching an end of a normal episode of Thriller or Tales Unexpected. And you've seen that, and the the gag at the end is he, he comes in and ties her to the bed uh, with some chains, and then he says, "I am, I'm not Klaus, I am the Grampus," and it's like and cut, and like you're seeing then raw footage basically. Uh, so you think that's the end tag scene to the episode, 
And then suddenly all the actors go out and suddenly there's a different crew that kind of come in and they put plastic <laughs> sheeting on the bed and the different guy dressed as the grandpas. They pull plastic sheeting underneath the actress. Yes. And then you start thinking, what's happening? This is taking a weird turn. And the actress who is like, what is happening? I didn't get these... I didn't get these yeah. pages. What What is happening? Yeah. And then... Yeah, exactly. And she's gagged. And then suddenly he pulls a machete out and it cuts as the, he helps. He goes to to kill her in real life. So you're, what is what you're actually been watching all this time is a snuff movie, and but with a huge trapping of of all being an episode of a TV show, you realize this will never get shown apart from to like you know to certain people, uh, mm-hmm. and which is why they've got a, an older actress that that Rita Lenska has been playing where she is overshooting it because she's past the but The other. The male lead is off to do a, a TV advert later on, and the small child mm-hmm. is a very good actor. That's all you can get for this. It was suddenly when you realised you'd be watching not an amateur thing, but it's 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 a uh, it's leading up to this moment where it was actually a, a full. It's it's um, one of the biggest rug pulling moments I think I've ever seen in any TV show. What was and your you're reaction? Just like, oh my god, it's the snuff film. It, it blew my mind. It blew my mind. Mm. But it doesn't end there. What is the double twist? Tell them that. So the voiceover that oh. has been talking about the the yes. film the whole time so is actually of, yeah, a recorded. You, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a police interview. So instead of you think you're listening to like the DVD commentary of the Green Death, for, you know, John Pope with Casey Manning and Doctor Who story. Uh, so you think you just you know it is a bit strange there's an because Derek Jacoby as the director has been talking to somebody, but you presume it's like a modulator. You know, like someone that's a fan of the TV show that's kind of there to prompt yeah. people that have worked on it 40 years later. Uh, and then you realise, no, it's a police interview and it's the weirdest things. Oh, I didn't realise. Uh, I think the most chilling thing was at the end, he says, oh, I didn't re- it, it didn't realise this would resurface after all this time, but I think it's one of the better ones that we did. <laughs> it's a shame I didn't get Wurzel, get, get, get that job on Wurzel Gummidge. <laughs> Which made me go, like... Uh, but oh, or when God. he says, when he says, it's always at this point when they realize what's really happening yes. that you can see the look in their eyes, and you're like, oh my God, God. like this is a whole company yes. that has been yes. making snuff films, yes. and, really, and just the stuff. fact that it's this this move this snuff film, but then with that voiceover actually being the police recorded confession of what is happening. I yeah. did not see it coming. No, I really I don't. Didn't. If anyone out there says they saw it coming, you're lying because you're lying. there is yeah. no way. No way you'd be there able is, to tell that. Yeah. This is the best. The best twist. Uh, Hold back and reveal that I've ever mm. seen. That I've ever seen in yeah. anything. I have to say, it blew my I mean, mind. I yeah. always love the twist. Whether it's always, even if you slightly see it's coming, sometimes and very, very rarely, I think I've seen them coming because you kind of think, yeah. oh, I've I the. I, I might get an element of it, but very rarely I see any of the twists coming. I, I And I like that. I like a surprise. I, I like to be surprised. I'm not trying to figure it out. I like yeah. to go in. Yeah. yeah like sometimes yeah. in other shows I might see it coming, and that's yeah, fine. But with this one, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. There is... Yeah. 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 It's nothing... I think even even if you hadn't seen it and you just heard us say it, when you watch it, it yeah. will still be like it's a... still be surprised. Oh my god. I think you yeah. see more I think you see more in it a second time. Because I hadn't watched it since it first when I was burnt into my mind then. Um I hadn't seen it. And since then, and it still made me go, 
oh, it's. It, I'm seeing more in it now because you can see it coming more. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'd and it'd been a long enough time for me to forget. I'd forgotten why she was pouring. The, I'd forgotten that she the reveal about the actual plot of the TV show where she's trying to kill the husband and pour the pills away and things like that. I'd actually forgotten about that bit because you're so shocked by the ending. Yeah. Um, yeah. And weirdly, because you're watching, you're you never cut back to real life. It's not like the other. You're you're seeing life, and I watch a lot of archive TV where it, you know you are seeing, and very rarely have outtakes, but you do sometimes. Uh, especially with you know the Doctor Who like you know footage, they've got like the the raw footage from the studio floor. They'll have that on the DVDs or Blu-rays now of of stuff. So I'm, I'm used to seeing that. So I was suddenly very aware. It felt more real than if it was shot beautifully because it felt like it kind of felt I guess like the early days of Big Brother with live TV it felt like live TV that's what it felt like yeah you're seeing yes. something yeah. very raw so it doesn't feel it felt very real um brilliant absolutely brilliant I chilling mean. if anyone's going to chill your blood at Christmas it's uh oh. and Steve it's it just genius I can't wait to actually show that um to some of my friends in Canada and Ooh. I can't wait to watch it again now that you'd said like watching it again yeah. knowing what's going to happen yeah. um it'll be a whole different experience I yeah. think too so you see it the first time and you're like whoa yeah. but then yeah I'm excited to watch it again knowing yes. it to go through and be like oh look at that oh look and at that giveaway or look at that or yeah there's a there's a making of of how they made uh Graham Harper is the director by the way the, again the Graham Harper is a very famous Doctor Who director and he's the one the only one that did the classic show he did some of the biggest towards the 80s of like Caves of, uh, Peter Davis's last story Caves of Androzani and then um Androzani and then he's come back for the, the revival as well. So he's a great director. He's the perfect choice for this, obviously, because he yeah. can he can do old school, you know, film like that. But also he can also do big. He was quite good at. He was actually very good at making uh, videotape three three ward set multi camera and look like a um, like a big a block big blockbuster when it wasn't the style on television at the time. So he can he now does big yeah. blockbuster TV very well. And I'll, but it's on YouTube. I'll send you the making of it's the making of. I would love to see that because, because also I learned I learned a terminology researching. So I was mm-hmm. just doing like a general inside number nine, you know, mm-hmm. to find out some other stuff. Um, so this is what they call bottle episodes, where all of the action happens in one place on uh, one yeah. set. Yes, bottle episodes. Yes, I mean the generally, I suppose yeah. it's usually what they're doing, isn't it? They're kind of doing what they're it doing, in... yeah, to make it so the filming isn't. There's not cost in in the different sets, so it's a bottle mm. episode. All the action, ha- and I loved that terminology. I was like, oh, bottle. Yeah. And can I say, I think it takes more. Um, whenever you see something where there's only one room. And you see, and you're enthralled yes. and you're into it. Yes. Those actors did their mm. job. When it doesn't exactly. require a lot of sizzle, all the fancy, pantsy stuff around it. And that's why I think Inside Number Nine has always been so great, but yeah. particularly yeah. this episode, because English, it's like. Yeah, I think English yeah. TV in general was, was always very good at doing that. I think because it, I think yeah. theater, uh, TV in the old days, 60s, 70s TV comes from theater. I think because we had much, much, so everyone was trained in theater. I think it does that very well. And that's why I yes. love that era of TV because it's like watching a stage play. Uh, yeah. 
particularly i think uh, uh obviously america does big budget and some like you know big grandeur much more because they uh, it's more they come they probably come from movies more uh and now it has gone over to that anyway but this i think just works extremely well just just genius oh it's so great um, so great uh so i'm very excited like, uh, yes i'll send you the making of and let me know what your friends okay. think of this because i think they'll be very excited i'm so excited to show them yeah i will let you know so yeah. in in the, the age-old question the christmas question <laughs> this week in allison <laughs> where in the horror where on earth in the horror motel would you put inside number nine uh the devil of christmas well you know bunny it didn't take me long to really think about it and where else are we going to put this mo- <laughs> inside the devil of Christmas inside number nine, but inside motel room number nine? Oh yes! <laughs> oh my goodness! How did we get into room number nine? That's where they that go. Yes, I think they would love. I think I think Steve and Reese would love that. That we're inside like, That's, room number there we nine. Go. And we'll put a little hair outside, a little <laughs> rabbit, because you know that's the uh, that's yes, the thing they that they do, do in every they single episode. Rabbit. A and grass rubbish hair. Yeah. yeah, I'm so rubbish. I never yeah. see the hair. I never ever see that. Yeah. I, they weren't doing a yeah. podcast for the last season, which I was so disappointed about because only because really, apart from I just like it's listen to them. They did it for the like the last season uh, before the season before last. It's because they tell you where the hair is. <laughs> oh, so it's so like, great. And I actually need to know where the hair is. I'm not a clue. I love little Easter eggs like that. Yes, so when exactly. we check them into, they'll they'll love that it's the number nine motel yes. room, and then we'll make sure there's a hair somewhere hidden in their room or just outside or something. Yes, but exactly. that's exactly where I think it needs to be checked into. And of course, yes. we will also hang a little bit of mistletoe over the door, just to Obviously. you know, it is yes. the Christmas episode, Christmas. so yes. you know. So, amazing perfect choice Alison. well there we go gentle listeners uh that's all for this year of uh, 2023 i'd like to wish everybody a merry christmas and a very happy new year uh we me and Alison will be back after we've had our adventures uh and a merry christmas and happy new year to you as well Alison. oh and you too i'll miss not being with you over the holidays but I can't wait to hear what horror stories we have lived through when we come back and join all of our listeners together on the Horror Motel. Hey, 